Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to episode 72, debunking the most common health myths with myself and Billy Ballard. Welcome to another episode of the Hayley Morecambe podcast. I am so excited you're here for showing up for yourself, your self-love and self-care. Each week, I gift you the permission and the space to claim the most happy, healthy, abundant life and give you access to the most sparkliest version of you. On this journey together, we'll learn and grow and thrive to be the best version of ourselves. We don't settle for anything less than incredible. I'm your host, Haley, a fitness and nutrition coach, writer, former radio host and journalist, advocate for self-love and self-care, and all-round wellness guru. I'm a mama to the most divine little girl and a fur parent to a cheeky little cavoodle. I am so pumped to take you into another magical episode. Are you ready? Let's go. That's right. Episode 72. I love watching that number rise. It is so uh, inspiring when I hear from you that I know that you're listening. Podcasts are a funny thing. You sit in a room talking to yourself or if you've got a guest, you're chatting to them, but you don't really know who you're talking to. So I love listening and hearing your feedback on this podcast as well. So if you are listening, reach out. I love chatting to you and I love knowing that you are listening and you're getting information and you're feeling, you know, educated and inspired. That's the biggest goal out of this episode, um, out of this podcast and to feel really good while you're listening to it. There is so much noise out there in the world and it is my driving force to bring you something comforting and educational and inspiring. So you feel genuinely really good at the end. And this episode right here is no exception. The podcast guest is the other half of Metamorphosis Method, my business partner, Billy. Uh, We've been chatting about a conversation for oh so long now, and we've finally sat down to record it, and it will not disappoint. It is a long one, I will say. It goes for about an hour and 20 minutes. So if you break it up into 20-minute intervals or half an hour, whatever you've got, if you're in the car or making the school lunches in the kitchen, 
you know, just press play and stop. That's the beauty of a podcast. You can just kind of stop it and then pick it up wherever you left off. So you might need to do that today or you might dive in and just consume the whole thing because it's really hard to stop listening. And I think it was really hard to stop chatting and talking and educating uh, you guys on debunking some of the most common health myths. There are so many out there. There, It all also overlaps into your belief system. So a lot of these are beliefs you're walking around with that are simply not true. And it might be an eye opener for you today going, oh my goodness, I actually did think that. That was me. <laughs> that myth right there is something that I believe too. And, and we still hear it a lot. We still hear it in the industry. So it's our goal to actually, like we say, debunk those, but explain why. Go into why they're simply not true um, and to how, how you can overcome those belief systems that you have as well that you've been carrying around. So like I said, it's a really educational one. You'll walk away with so many takeaways and actionable steps. I think that's a really big thing to say is you will get a lot out of it and and, um, find that you will have a lot more knowledge around um, these myths that you could have been walking around with. So because it's a long one, let's uh, jump straight into it. Without further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Billy Ballard. Billy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Finally. Finally. I've been trying to get you on the show for a really long time because um, on in this space, I think um, it's so important for people to get to know the other side of the business, I guess. I've been talking about Metamorphosis Method and how amazing it is and all of the things, but and I keep saying, come on the show, come on the show. Like, we've got to hear your voice. <laughs> I'm a very busy man, but I'm here. So ready to um, ready to pick some stuff apart and give your girls a bit of um, bit of knowledge and a little bit of tips to take away um, straight away. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's what it's all about. So we're going to go into a chat today. We're going to kind of break. Um, bust some myths right and we're going to give our kind of a yin and yang approach to things because we are two totally different people we i think that's what balances us out a lot and that's what makes you know us so unique as a as a business partnership so um before we get into all of that juiciness and dive into all some you know amazing topics today tell us a little bit about you you are a qualified uh nutritionist now and a strength and conditioning coach and all of the things but take us back a little bit to how you got to where you are today yeah um so it's a bit of a backstory there so when i was a little bit younger maybe 16 years old i went through you know a pretty bad addiction um and when I came out of that two years later, I kind of had to do and put in things and rebuild myself. So in that process of like rebuilding myself, I ended up studying um, social work and went into working, helping young people going through similar battles. Um, and then through that, I realized the biggest part of um, like my recovery was actually getting my health right. And then it started realizing, you know, like without health, you don't have anything. You know, you could be the richest person in the world. You could have the best family in the world. But if you're not feeling, um, you know, confident and health, healthy in yourself, then it doesn't mean a whole lot. So then I steered um, down that alleyway of studying nutrition and studying personal training um, to get to where I am today. So I've had a few battles along the way, to say the least, um, a lot of challenges that I've had to kind of get through and overcome. But yeah, so this is that's where I'm kind of at right now. Do you remember that turning point where you said then you, you know, you had some challenges and then you decided to make a change? Do you remember what that turning point was? Yeah, it was, it was an internal shift. So it was a mindset shift. 
um, you know, I just started real, actually, I realized, um, and I've said this on another podcast before too, you know, when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of actually going through that change. So it was painful where I was, um, you know, in that addiction and all that sort of stuff, but it would have been more painful not actually making any change at all. So I thought this is going to be really, really hard. This is going to be tricky, but I wanted to test my character and actually get through it because I didn't want to keep living like that anymore. So I had to kind of make that shift in my head to think um, it's either this um, or I make this change right now or I end up, you know, dead, jail or somewhere even worse. So, yeah, I decided to kind of um, make that shift in my head and then really started having a look at my values, my goals and um, reverse engineering that and then, yeah, ending up where I am today. Um, yeah, the happiest I've ever been, healthiest I've ever been. So feeling really good. Mm. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, I think it's very inspirational. I think a lot of people, particularly even working in the wellness industry and the health industry or fitness industry or whatever you want to refer to it as, um, I think a lot of us have a story, right? Mm. So we've always got a story of what we've overcome. Um, and it doesn't, it can be like a really vulnerable place, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. To actually I, admit that you always haven't been this way. Yeah. Um, mm. I kind of get... Um, now I kind of vibe with the, you know, like when I'm actually going through changes, you know, I'm, as we, we're all growing, do you know what I mean? There's never, we're never stopping growing and I'm still constantly growing to this day, learning more, um, improving. And I've kind of now become really content being in that place, being in that lonely place, being in that place where I have to go and do the inner work, um, you know, being in that place where I have to challenge myself, make habits, you know, change habits and all that sort of thing. And it, yeah, I kind of now enjoy it. Like it's like, um, yeah, it, it kind of puts a spark, spark to my step, really. If that's a, if that's a thing, spark to your step or spring in my step, should I say? Yeah. And a spark. You can make up a new one. That's fine. You can start using that. Um, yeah, that's right. And I think that's the, and talking about myths, I think that is a really big myth. People think it's all sunshine and lollipops and rainbows. Mm. And it's this, you know, this track straight to the top of the mountain. Um, when it's not like, you know, even now, like you, like you said, you'll take it to the grave. We, we're always learning and growing and evolving, but also going ups and down, like up and down. I think that's a big myth in our industry. Don't you think that we always have to be on this high and we always have to be, you know, we know it, we're, we're well informed, we're educated. We know how to, you know, teach it and inspire others, but sometimes we feel it ourselves. And I think that's another learning for us to, to dive deeper, to heal you know, deeper to go into all of the things and continue to learn. So then we can be better people to teach it to others. Definitely. And I think the biggest thing um, when anybody embarking on any kind of fitness journey, it's not the results that matter at the end. It's that character you're building in the process. That's what's going to make the change, you know, like them habits that you're instilling, um, really embarking that as something in your lifestyle. Like you're now making this part of your lifestyle. Your values are now changing. The way you're thinking and feeling is now changing. That's where the real magic is, you know. That's the result. The results aren't the, the number on the scale after it. Um, yeah, it's it's really in that mind mindset shift and that character that you're building in the process. That's what I believe anyway. Yeah, 100%. It is that whole picture approach, which we'll get into a little bit later. Mm. Um, so talk us now where you are now, like qualified nutritionist. What made you do that? Um, dive into that area? Um, I guess like not really trusting you know what's out there because there's so there's so much stuff like nutrition is an ever-changing kind of industry and there's so many different kind of uh, method methodologies and all that sort of thing and so i kind of wanted to get that info for myself you know i didn't want to hire a trainer 
and get them to write my plans and all that sort of stuff. I wanted to now know how to do that so I never needed to hire a coach again and then I can teach that to other people. So uh, when I was in the middle of my personal training, I thought, you know what, this is good, but I need to add a little bit of an element on this. Like I need to learn a bit more about nutrition. And the learning didn't stop for me when I finished that qualification. I had to actually challenge some values and um, some things in them learnings after and done my own independent research to question things and, you know, have a look at where the research is coming from and, you know, having a look at different articles and, um, you know, science-backed methods and stuff like that to kind of get to where I am now where I feel like, um, you know, of, of course I don't know everything, nobody ever does, but I feel like it's I'm just now keeping up with everything that's coming, all the, the different nutrition mm. stuff that's coming in. I'm having a look and I'm challenging it. So I think it was about just knowing so I could spread that on to, you know, family, friends and all that at first. And then when I when I finished, I was like, yep, now I'm confident I can actually teach this to other people. And now it just becomes like clockwork. Like I, I love it. And as you know, Hayley, like in our course now we teach the girls how to make their own. So it's come really, really handy, um, that, that learning that we've that I went through. So yeah, it was good. Mm. Yeah, it's like a one-stop shop, isn't it? Then they get yeah. your knowledge as well. I felt the same going through, you know, I've got so many qualifications behind me and same thing, not a qualified nutritionist, but a nutrition coach. Um, and it's the same thing, like you can get all of the information, you can learn it all, but it's, it's the implementation and also staying up to date with the latest research and constantly like, I was only thinking the other day, I was in the bath, literally reading another article. And I was like, that's when you know you love what you do because I'm in the bath relaxing. But to me, relaxing was reading about health and reading about yeah. the latest research and reading everything and just being up to date with what's out there, but also staying true to you and not trying to be like everyone else and staying yeah. true to your own lane and, and what feels right for you. Because talking about nutrition, like our gut tells us everything, um, yeah. our, you know, nutrition intuition you know when you 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 wouldn't ever and that's something we both do you'd never teach something that you'd never do yourself right yeah that's it and i think the testing is the thing that you know is where, where where it all happens like you know there could be there's there's things that can work for some people you test it it might not work for that person and then you learn so each new client that we kind of have you know i'm testing like we're testing methodology uh, methodologies and things that have worked on myself and previous clients some clients might interact um differently with that and then we tweak things and then we're like okay cool now i know how that person um similar you know um lifestyle similar stress levels similar genetics how that person now works and then you can kind of um move that and put that onto the next client so it's always forever changing and it's always test and i love to test things on myself it's like i'm a, like a little dummy um, mm. but I think it's the best way. Like it's the only way to learn, like all, um, you know, information is good, but without application, it's nothing. So, um, yeah, I think the application is really, really important. And I think, um, a lot of people, when it comes to nutrition, they get scared, like, they're like, oh, but if I have that, will this do this? You know, generally speaking, nutrition is, is safe. Yeah. Like there, there is going to be some things like, you know, if you're taking certain medications, um, if you've got int intolerances and, um, you know all that sort of thing then you've got to be uh, wary but generally speaking the if you're eating whole you know minimally processed foods it, it's pretty safe but people just still get a little bit scared they don't know what to do they want to make sure they're doing the right thing um and and yeah so i guess that's what we kind of do is make it as simple as possible um to, to help them understand Mm, that's the one thing that we're both, um, you know, in the same pathway with is it's whole, fresh, natural foods, like, you know, like you said, minimally processed and things like that, which you can never go wrong. It's like a classic dress. <laughs> It'll never go out of style. Like you can never go wrong with that. That's There's nothing fad with that. It's just learning um you know what works for your body because you know every no two women are the same that we speak to like it, people mm. are on you know they're in all sorts in in 
in their life at the moment. So it's really nice to be able to adapt. Um, so let's go. Actually, before I go into that, I'm going to ask you something. If you could live in your dream life right now, what would it look like? I'm seeing your vision board in the background. I'm seeing an amazing, beautiful mansion. Um, but um, I love to like I love to hear this question. So if you could, um, if you could click your fingers right now and you're in your dream life, what would it look like? There's a huge question to put me on the spot for like that. Um, hmm. Or is it a feeling? Is it a feeling or is it a, an environment? Is it a location? Is it a somewhere in your career? I reckon it's a feeling. Like just that overall feeling of um, you've got this, you know, like no matter what happens, no matter what's thrown at you, my character's been built that, like, you know, this is where, where I want to end up. My character's got to that point where I can, you know, anything that comes my way, I can just respond instead of react and, and have that resilient mindset um, and always kind of seeing the glass half full. I always, I, I try to do that as much as possible anyway. Um, but, yeah, I just probably, I'd like that feeling to be all the time. And as you said before, as coaches, they think we're supposed to be rosy and we're supposed to be, like, fit, healthy, um, you know, screaming out the top of our lungs, keep moving and all that sort of stuff all the time. But we're humans and we have shit that happens in our life. You know what I mean? Like mm. stuff happens. Um, so I guess just developing that character to the point when stuff happens, I am in control still because, you know, a lot of us aren't. Um, you know, anger kicks in, depression kicks in, anxiety kicks in, all these different feelings kick in. And, you know, um, then we start responding in ways like that we shouldn't or that we don't feel like is in line with our values. So I'd like to be at that point where it kind of, no matter what happens, I can still respond within my values and in line with everything, no matter what the stresses or the pressure or what else is going on in um, my life. And also, look, a good mansion wouldn't wouldn't be go too far either. Like, <laughs> I'd like to be living um, living comfortably. You know, like uh, if I want to travel, I can travel. If I want to give my kids whatever I want, I can give my kids. If I want to buy my kids a house, I can do that. You know, that's obviously a, the goal to have is that security. Um, I guess because that's all money buys is that freedom. So freedom actually is my now changed is my now changed um, <laughs> answer to have the freedom to do whatever I want, so I can make them changes for myself, so I can work on myself because I've got that freedom to challenge, explore, um, go on adventures, and just be present. So yeah, that's my answer actually. Freedom. <laughs> it's a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, you it just the way you actually even answered that, you might be become very uh, relatable to many women listening right now. Um, what's something that, and I don't want to say it, you can say it, there's something that you've had since a child that you live with every day? Mm. Your, are you talking about like, um, are you talking from like a trauma lens here? No, I'm talking about your ADHD. Oh, okay. Well, you know, there is, Good, good studies to show that ADHD is just a trauma response. So, um, yeah, like obviously um, dealing with the difficulty of hyperactivity, um, you know, uh, impulses and all that sort of thing uh, with, you know. But what I've started to notice is, and I think my sister shed some light on this. She's probably listening to this too, by the way. But she said that, um, you know, ADHD is actually a lot of the time is from um, neglect as a young kid before it's prenatal. So, I mean, not prenatal, so before pre-verbal. So before you can even speak, that's when most of these things kick in. It's like, you know, you're upset, but there wasn't somebody there for the, for you when you when you needed them. Or um, you needed something, but they didn't see how, how much you needed that. So you're used to people not kind of, um, I guess, 
being there for you so you create these responses in your head to get attention and that was really cool when i heard that it's like you know you're trying to get that attention you're trying to get that connection so you can get that help and that support um so i guess that's something that i've kind of lived with um and i wouldn't say it's a bad thing at all i actually think now like adhd is a massive skill really and it's an attribute i think it's just you've got to learn what you need um in order to be able to focus and concentrate like I'd, i've never taken ritalin i've never taken any medication i never will um but it's just like i've had to learn you know meditation you know i've had to learn how powerful exercise actually is for me mentally not physically like it's that's mm -hmm. that's a thing you know and always being on top of things like because i struggle with organization Haley, you probably know i struggle with organization um a little bit and so i'm, I'm kind of always on the go um so it's just kind of keeping letting my mind kind of stop and ease and just kind of be content so these are the, they're the little things that i like to do you know cold showers meditation training um and getting my nutrition on point because when i'm feeling good that energy that i'm you know radiating out there is, is a lot better and when i know that i'm struggling um or there's something that's happened and i haven't been able to stick to my schedule then i kind of go off so yeah when i'm when i'm in routine then i'm, I'm, I'm all good so i think routine is a really big thing um when mm. it comes to any kind of mental illness or any kind of um you know trauma that anybody's gone through i think um, routine and developing them habits is is massive 100 like you said there are so many positives um to it and i think anything like that i think any diagnosis and or anything around your health or you as a person i think it just creates you like you said that more that awareness of who you are how you think how you act how you behave it actually provides you with so much information which a lot of people don't know about themselves i know some of my rock bottoms even in my own health they have created like you said it's made me discover meditation being really aware of my stress levels you know going so deep in my health and 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 mindfulness to not fall into that trap again or not to um you know you just know your body and you know what's going to happen like you know mm. you're just more self-aware i think yeah i think that's that's mm. really handy information i think a lot of people could agree with that too um and relate with that so before I, we go oh, okay oh sorry i was just going to say just adding on to that um i think to like a lot of trauma which people probably aren't aware of is, is actually stored um in your central nervous system and your muscles so it's it's usually you're getting a feeling before actually anything is taking place you know what i mean like you feel feel where that trauma is so it's about releasing that in different ways that's why physical activity um, and then, you know, putting yourself, you know, whether it's cold um, exposure or activating that parasympathetic nervous system is really, really healing when it comes to dealing with trauma and overcoming, you know, trauma and battles and challenges that you've been through as well. 100%. And everyone's been through trauma. These aren't big, you know, they call them big T and little T traumas. Mm. Um, not everyone has to have gone through a big T trauma. They can go through a small T trauma as well. Like, you know, all the little things, even a relationship breakdown can be a part of a trauma or, you know, a health status or, you know, health diagnosis or things like that. Like there's so much trauma people don't realize that they have in their life. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's really handy information. And it's, it's very subjective too, isn't it? Like even little T trauma, like what, who is anybody to say what's little and what's big too, don't yeah. you think? Like mm -hmm. even though it might seem little to somebody else, but that person's perspective on when they were going through it, that could have been the biggest thing in, in their life. So yeah, that's right. yeah, subjection and perspective is really, really key to kind of take into consideration when it comes to that. Mm. Trauma as well. And not let anyone compare 
your mm. trauma to theirs. You know, it's like, oh, you've been through that. Well, I've been through this. So that mine's mm. bigger and mine's, you know, I've got, you know, reason to have trauma, um, you know, or to, you know, grieve and, and deal with it and process it and things like that. So, yeah, 100%, it is all relative to the individual. So Definitely. Are, you re- are you ready to go into some myths? Let's go into some myths. Let's bust them right open. Let's bust them right open. So, yeah, like we were saying before, we're very yin and yang, which is so great. I think you really sit a lot into that masculinity. I really sit into that femininity. But it's it, that doesn't just mean, you know, you're male and I'm female. I think we we both have that that um, energy about us, don't you think? Like mm. we uh, each individual can have little parts of both. Actually, mm. to be honest, I feel like I've been sitting a lot in my masculinity a lot to launching a business. <laughs> I want to jump yeah. more into my femininity. But um, it's also the same in our business for our um, our approach to things and how we look at things. And like you were saying before, perception. Like, you know, mm. we have different perception on things and I think that's good. And we don't try to twist and turn each other's opinion as well. While mm. sometimes we have to compromise when it comes to business decisions, um, I think it's really beautiful that when, you know, we work with clients, they actually get to see two different perspectives and know that it's not this is this one way or the highway you know you just which is really really unique and i love it so let's go into a few myths that most people have this is around health and fitness when people are trying to achieve their goals i'm actually going to add the first one into there right and we can we're both going to jump in and answer these or one might be more tailored to one person and i'm you know i might sit out one you might sit out one we'll just um go with the flow here so i'm going to say i need a celebrity diet um to lose weight can we talk about celebrity diets? Sure. What are your perspectives on them? So that's the myth. I need a um, celebrity diet to lose weight. Most mm. people think because they're a celebrity, they've got this higher power or this higher education or this higher knowledge. Now, we're not going to name any ma- names for defamation, but let's just refer to them as celebrity plans, right? What mm. is your view on that? Well, I guess even if it's a celebrity plan or it's a plan you got off the internet or if it's a plan your mate's following, um, the, the real thing here is that the problem is it needs to be individualized. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. It's like this worked for my mate, um, so it's going to work for me. But they're not taking into consideration your stress levels, um, you know what I mean, your, your kind of lifestyle, how much protein you need, how much fat you need. So even though it might work for, um, for, for your mate, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And also a lot of them, you know, that there is a lot of stuff that that is kind of more based around calories. So it's like foods to get you down to that calorie deficit. But just because you're in a calorie deficit doesn't mean that you're eating healthy. And I mm. think that's a big thing. Like a lot of the food that kind of, it's, it, it can be kind of bland. Um, it can be the same thing. It can be repetitive. And it's not kind of actually stuff that like you talk about, Haley, is actually nourishing your body um, and, you know, healing you down to a cellular level. So I think that's another big thing to take away from the celebrity plans. And also, um, as like as being a celebrity, if they've got a bit, uh, fitness business, the majority of the time, and I'm going to touch wood here because I know that it's, this isn't everybody, but the majority of the time is that they're now not going to have that support, that individual support to actually give their clients and to actually go to through and have a look because they have people doing that for them. Um, so, yeah, it's usually, yeah, it's, look, it depends on how, what your lifestyles are and what is your goal, but it's always better to kind of make sure you get a plan that's individual um, based around you so you know that you're going in that direction that you're going and it's being planned for you, specifically for you, um, and not for every Tom, Dick and Harry. 
Mm, that's right. It's really cookie cutter. And coming from a media background, I'm going to put a media spin on this, is these um, these companies are really, they just mass produce these plans, right, that they know a majority of people are going to, it's going to get some results. Mm. Um, but they also, their business model, they will use the face of the celebrity, right? So just say it's some big name because it's a household name. So people naturally go, oh, I know that person. They must be good. They've got that figure. They've got the shape. They're looking at it. They might even have a partner that like, you know, has has that as well. But um, it's, they're just, the, they're just like, if we're looking at a media, they're just, they're the face of the company. And mm. like you said, all of those people behind it, they're all business people. They just want the dollars coming in. They're like, mm. let's mass produce this thing. Let's shoot it out to everyone. There's no support. Like there was no support really. They might have a community um, somewhere along the line, but not to the extent of a, like a specialized, personalized one-on-one, -on -one, you know, mm. coaching program out there. It's very, they're two very different things. People, um, they also rely. So they, they want to sell big numbers. So they might put a small price tag on, but they want, they need, big numbers coming through the door so they use that image that person that face of the company they also rely on 80 percent of people not using those so 80 percent of those will never ever finish that plan because they might stick stick to it for three days and then you know they fall off the wagon so they don't even have to worry about 80 percent of those people reaching out for support or reaching out for help because they've only got this small portion of people that are actually doing it and then yeah. there's an even smaller portion of, you know, the ones that are sending in their, you know, results and things like that. So, yeah, they are very mass produced and they will give you that, like you said, that plan that they know will work for a majority of the people but won't work for everyone. Yeah, and I think so. just touching on that too is um, as we eat, you know, each week, it, like in our check-ins, right, I have to constantly evaluate, monitor, reduce or increase calories depending on the demand of the week depending on how their weight loss goal is going so that's another thing like you're not getting that evaluation and that's that's huge you know if you're not getting the results if you're not constantly getting through and breaking through plateaus then mm. it's going to um, feed into your kind of internal voice and you give up so i think that's a big one like even though the, the calories might be right at the start it doesn't mean them calories are going to stay the same the whole journey and they never do each week I am monitoring and I'm changing the calories for the girls. Like each week um, during the video kind of testimony, um, testimonials, during the video um, feedback, like we're having a look at their plan and then we're, we're taking, you know, we're taking a couple of things off or we're adding a couple of things in for more energy or we're adding some more things in for fibre and digestive health as their stress has increased through work. So there's always these things that you have to monitor and evaluate um, in, in just to feel optimal. Like, you know, if you're getting, if you're paying for a coach, you want to make sure you're getting monitored, you're not getting chucked mm. the plan. And I think that's one big thing with the celebrity plans is they chuck you, a, you know, 1,400 calories, follow that for the rest of the 16 weeks or 12 weeks, whatever you're doing it, um, and that's it. You know, mm. you might be able to change a meal here and there, but you're not getting that kind of constantly evaluating the calories. And I think too, and I think we're going to be going into the metabolic damage later on, but just to touch on that, um, when you're kind of staying in that calorie range the whole time, your uh, metabolism now is that's that's where you – are going to be sitting and that's where you're going to be burn, um, maintaining so if you stay at 1400 for you know for a long time like over three months on end and you don't change it then you're going to your um, main maintenance calories are going to be there so it means that now you actually can't eat more so that what we try to do at the end of it is a reverse diet so as you're getting off towards the end you know three months in we then start upping the calories slightly so we're building up 
your um, your calorie threshold. So now, you know, you might be at 1,800 calories where you can maintain, whether than staying at 1,400 calories because your metabolism has kind of stayed and you're just, you're just stuck there. So that's another big thing too to keep in note. <clears throat> Yeah, 100%, which you couldn't get that from a celebrity diet. We'll just tick that one off because I think you explained that really well. The other myth was um, the um, I'm scared. Oh, um, I won't get (laughs) – I won't – I won't do any damage from um, fad dieting. That was the myth. So um, that we talked about that metabolic damage. That's actually what happens when you're staying on the same – yeah for, for ages so yeah and that's, that's the big thing yeah that's the main thing you have to you have to want to implement a reverse diet um and also you know that you're making sure that you're getting yourself back up to that lat range that's that's healthy that you can live at you know we don't always want to be eating 1400 calories for the rest of our life who wants to do that like mm. you know i like eating high calories and that's why you want to get yourself up to that point then now when you're burning calories it's going to be easier for you because if you want to burn calories and your maintenance is 18 900 calories you just have to drop you know, another hundred or something on that, and then all of a sudden you can burn calories a lot quicker than going into a 1,300, 1,200 deficit, which um, is just crazy how a lot of people stay on that for so long. Oh, it is, but a lot of women do it. A lot of women mm. do it because that's all they know. And that's but also in those those plans that they're given, they're like, oh, that's the amount I have to be on to be in a weight loss. And the, the average is um, 17 years. Most women on average are on a diet for in their lifetime. Like that's insane. So mm, a lot of people, crazy. a lot of women are probably sticking to that 1400. But mm. we don't call you the seatbelt for no reason. We call you the seatbelt because you provide a seatbelt to women um to to for them to for you to do that and in the back end and they don't have to worry about it so you're doing all of this you've got your your methodology you've got your systems and your processes in place you've got you know all of that so yeah we call you the seatbelt because you you're the seatbelt that goes that's you know holding the you know supporting these women and then you know that they're they're guided and led but also educated on why on why they're actually doing this so and definitely taken away um the toxicity of the calories because i know on anybody's you know kind of first journey they they focus on the calories so yeah what we do is we we take that away from you You don't have to worry about the calories you pick your food we put it in together and then we make the adjustments so you solely rely on just eating the the good foods that you want um and yeah i kind of take the work of putting it all together and making sure that it's um yeah getting you the results the seatbelt the seatbelt. <laughs> the seatbelt. Oh, the seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go into the next one. I'm eating healthy, so mm. I'll lose weight. Mm. Big one. Now, I think, um, I don't know how kind of informed your audience is, Hayley, but there's definitely a difference between eating healthy and um, losing weight. We try to make sure that you do both. So you're losing weight and eating healthy. But just because this goes both ways, right? Just because you're eating healthy, you know, you might be eating your veggies, you might be eating your fruit, you might be getting in some lean sources of protein, but you're not losing weight. The only diff, the only reason is, is because you're not in a calorie deficit. And that's the difference between eating weight, um, eating for health and eating for weight loss. So if you want to eat for weight loss, what you have to do is eat in a calorie deficit. And all the calorie deficit is, is burning more, um, eating less calories than you burn in energy per day. So a good way to do this, girls, whoever's listening, you can go onto Google and write in T-D-E-E. It's a calculator. And all you have to do is insert your name, age, um, and activity level. And then it'll tell you how many calories that you need underneath that. And if you want to um, you know, lose weight, they usually tell you to make, uh, reduce 500 calories. And then now that's your calories. But yeah, so going on to that. But we, I always like to include, and so does Hayley, when we're losing weight, we're still eating healthy. 
So we're getting the whole foods in, we're getting the right foods in, the right nutrients, the prebiotics, the probiotics, all the vitamins, all the minerals, and not just eating food just for the calories purpose. Um, but yeah, there's a huge difference in just eating for weight loss compared to eating for health. <clears throat> yeah, 100%. That is a really big myth, isn't it? Mm. You know, and then if you were to get someone to kind of reel off what they're eating, it might be one of those raw slices that you see. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they're so delicious, let's be honest. Mm. But, um, you know, they're packed with dates. <laughs> <laughs> they're packed with dates. So um, uh, yeah, is their yeah, number yeah. one ingredient those raw slices? I mean, I'm a big fan. Mm. I love them. But um, if you are looking for that weight loss, there is a difference between you wouldn't eat that you know, raw date-filled slice, um, you might have it like maybe once a week and, you know, when you're feeling a bit relaxed or you're having a bit of a relaxed meal or something, um, but that's fine. But it's not something that would be part of your your um, weight loss. So, uh, yeah, that is a really massive myth of everyone's like, oh, but I'm eating healthy, I'm eating healthy, but it's not mm. in alignment with their goals. Yeah. And just to give a little another little tip um, because I think – Protein intake is very underrated when it comes to women because they don't want to look bulky and build muscle. But, you know, protein plays so many um, crucial elements um, in, in healing your cells, in hormone production, um, in mental clarity. Like protein is linked to just about everything. So it's so important to get your protein intake in. And a good way to do that is if you're just starting and you don't want to measure stuff and whatever, is just have about a palm and a half full of protein for each meal that you eat. So have a palm and a half of protein for each meal that you eat have about a palm, two palms of veggies, and maybe one palm or half a palm of carbs. And if you keep your meals kind of frequently like that, then that's a really, really good start and you're on the right path. And it's just a simple way to do it. Yeah, good. That's awesome. Really mm. handy information. Um, but, yeah, that that literally, um, what do you say? Your myth bust. Bust that myth. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all, and it's so beautiful to be able to put nutrients in your body, but we're talking mm. about if you are trying to drop weight. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. If you're trying to get weight, completely different. You have to make sure that you're you're in that calorie deficit or it's just not going to happen. Yeah, Simply. and you also could be over-consuming and being in that surplus as well. Yes, you're eating healthy, but mm -hmm. it's still an energy. It's still energy in your body. So yeah. it, if, you're, if you're eating, consuming more than your energy that you're burning, it's gonna make it's gonna mean a weight gain. So yeah. you've got to be really careful. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Okay. So the next one is I have to train seven days a week to drop weight. Mm. Well, I think uh, we I've experienced that the hard way. That's a myth. When I was first starting my training journey, you know, I'd be in the gym seven days a week, you know, training for an hour and a half, um, you know, and just feeling sore all the time. As if, if you're somebody who's kind of just starting into your fitness journey, three days a week is more than enough for strength training, okay? And we'll touch on strength training in the future um, or in the coming minutes or whatever. But <laughs> in the yeah, chat. you don't need it, The thing is, if you're training seven days a week, depending on how you're splitting your training program, you're putting your central nervous system at a lot of risk there. And if, if you're not recovering, then the session itself doesn't mean a whole lot. And this is where people go that balls to the wall, ceiling, uh, balls to the floor kind of mentality where it's like, I'm not sweating, I'm not giving up, I mean, I haven't had a good session. But in, in reality, you know, a good session is making sure you're hitting the foundational movement patterns, you're doing the movements correctly, and you're resting adequately in between them, se um, them sessions. You're, you're doing a, a warm up or pre activation thing and then a, um, at the start. And then a bit of a parasympathetic breathing drill at the end. And then it ties it all together nicely. So you recover before you even leave the gym. And if you can get that right, three strength sessions a week, and then you can do for your cardio, you can just do some, you know, fast walking, 
whether you want to go for walking out the bush with your kids, whether you want to go push the pram, whether you want to go do some running somewhere, that you can plug that in two times a week as well to help with that heart health. So, yeah, there's definitely ways that, that you can do that. And if you're in a calorie deficit and doing them things I just mentioned, you will notice how quickly you drop weight and how quickly you feel really, really good. Mm, um, by doing less. And also, I yeah, think... Yeah, more when it comes to um, gym. Mm, 100%. And also, I think a big part uh, plays, you know, coming from my perspective on things, is you've got to love the way you move as well. Mm. So if you're, you know, someone that's gunning at the gym doing all of the wrong things, but you actually hate it at the same time, like that's also a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Where if you're pulling it back, doing the three days that, you know, you, you've you learned to love it because you've taken the pressure off, you're putting more energy and precision into your moves and things like that. But also, in like you said, the scattered and the peppered of movements throughout the rest of the week is so important to be doing something you love. Like you said, yeah. whether it's running around with your kids, going for a bushwalk, doing, you know, yeah. going out, um, catching up with a girlfriend and and having a coffee while you do a walk or whatever it is, you just learn to love it so much more because it feels really good. You get that endorphin hit afterwards. You're not like completely depleted and and exhausted and also going to that rhythm of going hard, hard and fast at the start, burn yourself out, completely, mm. you know, burn out your adrenals um, and then you're like back to square one again because you have to recover. So, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to touch on that also just because there might be people who, you know, have came from a, you know, they, they're pretty well adhered when it comes to training. They've been doing it a while. So seven days training is not bad for somebody who has the time. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? So if it's not sustainable, it doesn't really matter. So if you can tell yourself with your hand on your heart, I can train seven days a week for the rest of my life or until or the rest of my walking life, um, then, then cool. That's really good. I know that I can't, I, I wouldn't be able to prioritize that. So this is what we want to look for when we, when we say we want to limit the training sessions because if you can do three training sessions a week and commit to that and give that your intensity, then it's the commitment and the consistency that's going to pay off, you know, instead of doing seven days one week, one day the next. Seven days the next week, two weeks the next. Because each day, each week, you might be missing that body part or that muscle group that you do every week that's consistently. So now you're not getting enough volume on that muscle group for it to actually grow and stimulate that muscle growth. So that's what we want to look at. And that's why when I create the program, the some of the trainings that I create for people, um, it's them full body splits. So we're constantly training the foundational movement patterns in each movement. So we're hitting that um, that volume across all body parts three times. Um, and then that's that's all you need for that muscle growth, especially if you're just starting out too. Yeah, particularly when we also um, work with a lot of busy women, like, you know, there are things that come up and if you do miss one or something, you're not going to be completely off balance and yeah, that's exactly right. That's, Walking that's, around lopsided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's why my uh, my workouts, um, they're also full body every time. So yeah. you are also hitting all those targets every single time and they're balanced. So you don't have to worry about missing leg day, for example. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's a very, it's a really important one because I always yeah. think that when um, people are talking about like split workouts, they're like, oh, you know, it's arm day, it's, it's leg day, yeah. it's, you know, or it's, you know, shoulders and whatever it is. And it's like, but what if you miss that? <laughs> then yeah, you're going off to the thing. next one and i've i've done years of, of gym training before and i know it feels weird like mm. you want to get efficiency out of your workouts mm. as well and make them really good yeah um the next one is actually while we're on training let's talk about and you just briefly covered it before weight training will make me bulky <laughs> yeah this is a good one because i think this this ties in hand to hand with what we we're saying before about calories right so 
all the girls out there that think training weights is going to make you look bulky, the only way that it will do that is if you are in a calorie surplus. Okay, so eating more food than you're burning per day. But if you're in a calorie deficit and you're weight training, you're actually just going to look lean. You're going to look leaner. You're not going to get bulky. How I picture it is this. This is how I kind of think about it. So your food gives you your size, how big you are, how small you are. But your training gives you your shape, okay? So how lean you are, you know what I mean? So when we're, when we're thinking about that it's going to make us bulky, it's not, all right? Only if you're eating copious amounts of protein and, and in a calorie surplus. But the main thing is you probably won't be in a calorie surplus if you're trying to lose weight. Um, and even if you are in a slight calorie surplus, doing weight training is still not going to make you become bulky. Guys train for years to put on muscle. Like, um, you know, to actually look big. Muscle is so much harder to put on than losing weight. You know, mm. it takes guys like a good 10 years to get that physique that they want. And the guys and the girls that you see, you know, you, you might be comparing yourself to them CrossFit girls. Look how bulky and muscly they are. you got to understand that they're like top-level athletes that train, um, that, that have been training for 10 to 15 years, you know, like – it's not going to happen like that. Like you're not going to get bulky just from incorporating weights. All it's going to do is change your body composition and make you look better. It's going to make you look leaner. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you move better um, because we're helping with the tendon health, the joints, the ligaments, the muscles, which all is going to make a big difference when it comes to that overall body composition and that dream body that you're going for. Um, you know, weights are really, really important, I believe, when it comes to that. Mm. Yeah, that is so important. That's um, what you said is the oven consuming um, mm. and then doing mm. the weights. I used to work at a fitness studio um, and their um, philosophy inside that studio, which I had to adopt when I was a trainer in there, was the ketosis diet. So mm. um, women would come in. I, I saw a lot of women would come in. They'd be consuming this these diets, right, which quite high calorie because they're high fats, right? Yeah. But then what was happening was they kept complaining that they were gaining weight. They're like, I'm, I just feel bigger. Like I, I literally just feel bigger and it was because they were doing the ketosis but they're also going out with their girlfriends and drinking copious amounts of wine mm. um and you know having the bread and and having all of the things which mm. so ketosis is a high fat diet low carb when you add carbs to a high fat ketosis diet you like mm. you said you're over consuming and then that's what's leading to that bulk so they were yeah they were they were training in the wrong way overconsuming and literally gaining weight and being more bulkier than what the image that they had in their head yeah. So, yeah, um, it's really and probably we can separate the winners. We sometimes you don't realize how much you're consuming um, when it comes to drinking, and you know if you're drinking and then eating, uh, it's even worse because your body can't mm. burn fat and burn alcohol at the same time. So when you're drinking and then you eat after you drink, and you might be tipsy or drunk, your body's first initial thing is to get rid of the alcohol out of your body. So it stops the fat burning process and actually tries to get rid of the alcohol, and that's why people put on weight when they drink and they eat. Um, so that's why I always keep my drinking, I'll drink, and my eating, I'm eating. So when I'm eating, I'm just eating. I'm not mixing water or beer or anything with that when I'm doing it. And when I'm drinking, I'm just drinking. I'm not eating. I'm not putting anything else after that. Um, yeah, that's just kind of the thing that I – and it also helps with the digestive health too when you when you do that as well. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, my God. So when I go through McDonald's on the way home or have that kebab, like what am I actually doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's really, um, really handy information because usually drinking is, you know, you drop a I lot of your – yeah, it's exactly. They, it's like, oh, I'm hungry now. I'm snacking. I've lost all of my inhibitions. I'm just going to eat. So yeah, yeah 
really handy. Let's go. Um, let's stick to. Uh, let's go with a, f- a food one. Uh, fats are bad. As mm. we we're just talking about the fats, then, which is a little bit different to the ketosis we we're talking about. Let's talk about just fats in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for years, I guess you know, fats had been demonized, and all of a sudden they came back and they were good. Um, then there was this big thing about what sort of fat should we eat: saturated fats, unsaturated fats. Um, the thing is, fat is actually essential. Protein is essential. Carb is not actually considered an essential um, macronutrient in the same way that essential amino acids and essential fatty acids are. You know, our body can function without carbs. But if you, you know, you like um, exercise and, you know, walking, training hard and, you know, feeling more energy, then carbs are definitely something you should have in your diet because they're going to help that. They're, they help that moderate to intense exercise. But when we're talking about fats, fats are very crucial. And I like to have like, a good way to do this is if you say if you weigh 100 kilos, my initial thing would be making sure you have 70 grams of fat each day because fats help with hormone regulation, you know, cellular repair, immune function. Um, there's so many different things that fats help with. And I know it can be hard because you don't really know what are good fats and what are bad fats. At the end of the day, you know, if you're sticking to your stuff that's unprocessed, um, like, you know, if, if you've got avocado is a powerhouse when it comes to fats you know your fatty fish um even dairy products i know a lot of people have different views on um dairy i uh, mean Haley especially have different views on on this topic but um you know dairy products have a lot of saturated fats and people used to kind of demonize saturated fats because it raises your cholesterol levels um and all that sort of thing but the funny thing is with animal products um you know grass-fed organic good proper products that haven't gone through rigorous processing, um, they actually have a acid in them called stearic acid. And stearic acid sends a, a signal to your fat cells to shrink, which is really, really incredible. And this is what came out in one of these um, articles, not articles, sorry, it was a published study done on um, humans. And stearic acid actually sends a signal to your fat cells to shrink, which is really, really cool. Um, so it's it's good to consume, you know, both. You know? But you got to be careful because you don't really need to consume fats on their own. You know, fats are in your meat. You know, fats are in your meat. Um, fats are in your eggs. You know, fats are in a lot of foods. So you'll be getting a fair bit of fats in your diet anyway, but it's always good to make sure, you know, to have a, I like to have a bit of an avocado in every day, you know, half an avocado in every day somewhere, just to make sure that I am getting that fat intake in um, because it helps with brain function. That's one of the biggest things, like fats help with brain function, which we all need. You know, we don't want to feel foggy. Um, we don't want to feel like we've got no energy and we're drained and we're depressed and anxious. Like fats are, are really crucial when it comes to that. Um, and yeah, when it comes to fat soluble vitamins. So um, the thing with uh, that is if you're taking supplements that I know I've just moved on to supplements, Haley, but I hope that's okay. If you're taking, if you're taking supplements, you know, high in vitamin A, D, E, and K, um, too much of that, if you're eating a high-fat diet, can actually cause toxicity. So you have to be really careful when it comes to um, supplementation, you know, multivitamins and other things when you're consuming a high-fat diet as well, just because you don't want to have that stuff in excess. Um, so that's where it's always good to consult with a health professional and make sure um, that that stuff's not in excess. Otherwise, you know, it can lead to toxicity in the body. But generally speaking, most people lack the amount of fats they need each day rather than have them unless they're going through Macca's, KFC, um, all these things that are fast, you know, fast foods, all this stuff that has fats in it that are actually trans fats. So trans fats 
man-made fats. So these are the things that like when we're talking about things in the deep fryer, you know, and we're talking about Mars bars, when we're talking about stuff like that, these are things, these are man-made fats, which are so poorly processed by the body. Um, and same things with seed oils and that the same thing, like they, they are so poorly processed by the human body um, that they can cause metabolic dysfunction. So generally speaking, healthy fats are your unsaturated and saturated fat. Both of them can be. Um, it just depends what your body responds to the best, but make sure you get your fats in. Mm. And I think something we both agree on is um, it's quality. We're qualitarians. It's all about the, you know, it's not the fast food fats. It's not that fat. It's the really good quality, um, you know, in its whole form, in its whole mm. fresh form. And you just really can't go wrong. But like, again, you've you've got the seatbelt on women as well to make sure that, you know, we are, you know, having that optimal hormonal function and, and things yeah. like that. Because that's so important. When you're talking about the brain as well, like the good, the good fats are fueling your brain. The mm. trans fats, the McDonald's, the KFC, that is causing depression and anxiety. Mm. And so those fats are just causing the opposite thing. Like we're mm. feeling shit about ourselves where we want to be focusing on the good, the, you know, good fats lead to good thoughts. <laughs> mm. And it's also a handy little tip too. When you're going to the supermarket, turn around any product that you find on the shelf and you'll generally see that vegetable oil or canola oil will be one of the main ingredients. And that is what's causing metabolic dysfunction and obesity between among people these days especially vegetable oil um so make sure when you turn around their products have a look make sure it doesn't have that stuff in it um, that's the stuff that's going to damage your body that's the stuff that's going to cause diabetes eventually and metabolic dysfunction so try to steer clear away from um, anything with that on it and just a general rule of thumb keep your food that you're eating you know 90 percent your fruit veg and meat and then the rest of it can make up for you know your sauces and your flavors and stuff like that um, just because it's it's better to go for that whole stuff for the 90%. Your mm. body with them, yeah. mm, That's really great. Mm. Uh, the next one is, I think a lot of women are going to um, resonate with this one. Bloating is just in my genes. So this is mm. women that are just like, you know what, that's just part of my life. It's just well, no matter what I do, I just bloat and it's just part of me. So this let's um, bust this myth. Pardon for the pun on that one too, because bloating is technically in your genes because you put your pants on, you bloat it. <laughs> it. Anyway, um, yeah, look Felt differently, but yes. <laughs> look, um, bloating's not normal. Okay, I think that's something that we. I just want to put out there. You know, unless you've been diagnosed with a condition that has stipulated, you know, this is a so adverse side effect or this is something that you're going to have to live with and deal with, then bloating is not a normal thing. Okay, bloating, it has to do with your digestive health. It's your body telling you that you're not digesting food correctly. You know, it's your body telling you that you're not getting enough fiber, that you don't have enough probiotics, you know, you don't have enough good gut bacteria. Something's going wrong here because your body is not being able to absorb and digest the nutrients. Um, so bloating is definitely not normal. And I've got a few little hacks for this. And usually people's bloating clears up within the first one to two weeks when I get people onto this sort of stuff, depending on your intolerances and all that sort of stuff. There might be things that you can take away from this. There might be things that you can't. But in order to get that digestive system flowing correctly, I just wanted to say one thing first. It's, you know, that old saying, go with your gut instincts. Well, there's actually some science behind that, you know, like our gut has our own nervous system and it can actually act and respond without any, um, we don't need to give it any control. It just does that automatically. So that's how powerful the digestive system is. So it's your body telling you that something's not right. It actually sends a signal to your your mind to feel depressed and anxious when it's not in intact. So that's why it's so important to get your digestive health down, Pat. Um, and I, I'll give you a few little tips. 
So when you wake up first thing in the morning, the best thing to do is have, you know, after you brush your teeth, have two glasses of water. If you feel like you're getting bloated and you're constantly going to the toilet, get a little bit of Celtic sea salt, put that on your finger, put that on your tongue and then drink your water. Then minerals will help um, absorb into the cell, which won't cause the sodium and potassium levels to be shot. Okay, because that's where a lot of people feel like you know, they get swollen feet, um, they get itchy skin, they get dry skin, they need to go to the toilet all the time. It's because the water is not actually entering the cell. So if that's a problem that you're facing, have a little bit of like two crystals of Celtic sea salt on your tongue before you drink the water. It'll make a huge difference. But anyway, so you have your two glasses of water, um, go around, do, do what you need to do, and then have half a glass of an organic kefir. So a kefir is just a fermented milk. So it's the natural form of a probiotic. Have that um, first thing in the morning before you eat your breakfast. And then after that, make sure you're getting enough fiber in each day. So when we're talking about fiber, we're talking about blueberries, apples, avocado, raspberries, um, you know, uh, oats. These these are all things that have a lot of high, a high fiber in it. And fiber is something that's actually really hard to get in enough of. Like we need 25 to 35 grams per day. And just to give you a little bit of a, um, I guess, a kind of um, bit of knowledge, one avocado has around nine grams of fiber. So you won't find another fruit or vegetable out there that has that much fiber in it in one hit. So that's nearly, you know, a quarter of your daily intake just in one avocado. Other things like leafy greens have it in there. So yeah, if you're getting your fiber intake in, if you're getting your probiotics in, if you're getting your water intake in, if you're allowing your water to enter your cells, then these things are going to help with bloating. And also one other thing is making sure that we're in, we're at some stage in that parasympathetic nervous system, you know, that rest and digest. And there's so many different ways you can do this. You can do meditation. Um, you can just do some breathing drills. You can do some light activity like yoga. You can do, there's a lot of different things you can do. It can even be just closing off your eyes, shutting off your eyes. It could be going and seeing somebody you really love and enjoying that company. Like that's activating the parasympathetic nervous system too. So if you can include something like that in your schedule every day, you'll notice a huge difference. Um, and if you include all of these things that I've just said, I, I guarantee you'll notice a huge difference within a week, um, how you're feeling within your bloating as well. Mm. Stress is such a big one. Like I love all the, um, you know, science-based information you've given there. But if we're looking at, um, you know, also like someone's behavior and, and stress mm. is, you know, how many people are at work, for example, they've packed their lunch, they think it's healthy, it's this salad or whatever, and, you know, they've scoffed it down while they're sitting at front of their computer. They're highly stressed. They might be on the phone. They're doing a million things, eating their lunch, even though it's healthy, and it still caused them bloating. Mm. So take mm, that same take that same meal, right? Go mm. throw it into a day when they're feeling relaxed or they're on holiday or they're just feeling really happy or like you said, they're with a girlfriend, they're feeling like really like content and um, they eat that same meal and it won't cause them bloating. Yeah. See, a lot of people think I'm allergic to that or I've got an intolerance to that, but it's really because they've had it in a high-stress environment, like, you know, time of their life or time of their day, um, and then they automatically go, like, it must be those lentils or it must be whatever it is in that salad that's causing me that bloating, but most of the time it is that stress. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that's a really good point, Hayley. Like, if you're feeling high-strung or stressed, before you eat your food, go outside. Take five to ten deep breaths with your belly close your eyes, shut your system down, then go back in and have your food. It'll, I know it seems pointless and it's only a little, it's only five breaths or whatever, but it makes a huge difference than going back in now that you're in, you know, you're not in that high strung cortisol levels running through your body. 
foods not being able to be digested properly, just that little bit of breathing will actually allow you to be able to digest that food properly and then nutrients to go out to where it needs to go. Because mm, you could eat all the healthy food in the world or even be on mm. a plan that's giving you a deficit. But if you're in that high stress environment, and that's why we always look at mm. the whole picture approach yeah, um, yeah. to, you know, the women that we work with, because we make sure like, what are their stress levels like? How are they feeling? If they're walking around feeling so shitty and so negative and, you know, being critical of themselves and just in a real down mood, um, you know, it affects the way your body absorbs your food. Definitely. So, 100%. Yeah. Mm. Now let's go into the, um, you know, the I guess the big picture, like we were just talking about, the holistic side of things as well. This is another myth. Being healthy is just about a calorie deficit and a good training routine. Mm. That's it. You know, this is the myth of, okay, so, and this is a really good segue from the way we were just talking about stress then. You know, being healthy, healthy is just about that calorie deficit and a good training re re regime. Mm. I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I guess, um, and this too is subjective, but, when we're looking at health, we're looking at all health domains. Do you know what I mean? Mental, spiritual, physical, emotional, um, and environmental. I think that was the other one. So we're looking at everything when, when we're saying that's what being healthy is. So if you're taking being in a calorie deficit, eating healthy food, and exercising, that's one domain of actual health. And that's where a lot of people kind of get thrown off because they don't have the basics down pat. They're not emotionally healthy. You know what I mean? They're not relationally healthy. They're not um physically uh, they're not mentally healthy they're not where, where their environment is they don't feel comfortable they don't feel safe these things are actually the things that are going to make a huge part if you can even do your healthy eating and your healthy living you know because the thing is if you're not uh, it goes back to maslow's hierarchy of needs and the thing that down the bottom of that pyramid it's safety so a lot of people times these people aren't actually feeling safe you know, they might not be feeling secure where they are. They might have just moved. They might be in a toxic relationship. They might have all this stuff going on. So, you know, you want to have a look at how I can fix this before I even try to implement these other things because I can implement healthy eating and training, but if this isn't down pat, then I'm just going to go back because this is what's going to be taking most of my focus. So when we're talking about health, we're talking about everything, you know. You want to be nurturing your body and your mind um, and making sure you can, you know, cut off them people that don't want that don't belong in your life anymore. Um, you can make them changes in them habits that, that aren't actually serving you anymore. Um, you can start surrounding yourself with better people. There's so many different things you can do. You can improve your social skills. Do you know what I mean? You can you can work on that sort of thing that's actually all going to help because sometimes even social skills in itself, that's a deterrent for people getting training. I don't want to go to the gym because I feel awkward. I don't want to go to the gym because I feel embarrassed. People are always looking at me. That's That's a social skill that you need to kind of work on then if that's what you're feeling. You know what I mean? So... That's what I think when we're talking about health, it's it's a whole picture. Um, and that one thing you're talking about, eating healthy in a calorie deficit and training, that's one element. That's physical health. That's how I see it. Mm, 100%. And then that's what creates that, you know, that dieting um, roller coaster, right? So they, that might get you a certain way, like all, the, you know, mm. a certain distance on that roller coaster. And then, you you know, you hit your, you, you, you're flying back down again. Um, it, it's, it's not sustainable and it doesn't create that longevity. So this is, you know, looking at that whole picture approach, it is I love this, even the way you explain that. I even had the picture in my head of like how it all, you know, comes together in that puzzle. A really big um, aspect that I like to throw into the mix as well is the spirit, spirituality mm. as well. Like, you know, our deep inner sense of, you know, is how is my soul nourished? Like how do I feel really content and happy? And I think we are talking about this before we started the chat even, just living in alignment with um 
you know, with yourself as a person. So we're talking about your deep, like to your core, if you could strip back all of the layers, you know, all of the things that you might be doing, you might be people pleasing, you might be in a job that you hate, you might be doing something that you is not in alignment with you, but you're doing it because it's something that people see you as. Let's just say you're in a career, then everyone's like, I see that person as that doctor or whatever it is and then it's but it's not in alignment with you so it's like stripping all those back is like are you living in alignment with yourself how are you nourishing your soul like you know how are you um feeling really supported on a spiritual sense like you know so spirituality a lot of people think is this big woo-woo thing that you need to sit down and you know call in your spirit guides and things like that it's just a deeper uh, it's just a knowing that something greater than yourself exists right Mm. so just having that you know things are happening for a reason i'm feeling you know inspired and and guided and everything even the the hardest moments in your life um you know they what would usually a diet and all that would just derail you right so you're just like oh my god stuff the freaking plan because i've got something going on in my life when you've got all of those aspects right and you feel really content and happy within yourself you better manage those you react differently to situations you see them as learnings and you know moments for healing and you know it gives you an opportunity to you know approach it in a different way and then that's that's longevity, right? That's longevity. Mm. That's sustainability. Yes, you're nourishing your body in a beautiful way. You're you're moving your body in a beautiful way, but you're also feeling really content and happy and living in alignment with your values and and how you wish to radiate your energy around to other people and how to live your life as well. I know when um I was explaining this, I, I, a couple of girls interviewed me in a podcast and I explained it like this. When I was in radio, I used to work in radio back in the day, right? Eventually I outgrew it because it was a very superficial job that I was in. But people always saw me as the radio announcer. So I always played that role. Like I always played the radio announcer. That was my thing. That was Haley. She works in radio. And I actually hated that because I wasn't living in alignment with myself. I was also on radio every day talking and saying the things that I was like a puppet. People wanted me to say things. I was, you know, promoting brands that didn't feel really in alignment with me. It was a really superficial industry. And eventually I grew out of it as I dove into my spirituality and, you know, nurturing myself and, you know, our own journey that you and I have both been on, Billy. Um, Mm. And that was because, and and I had a terrible, that was when I was binge eating. So I was in uh, radio when I had a binge eating problem and and a terrible relationship with food. And I look back at it now and I was like, oh my gosh, I was living in resistance to myself the whole time. I was playing this puppet role in life. I wasn't nurturing my soul. I wasn't living in alignment with my values. And I was using food to numb out because that was the only thing that I was trying to control, which I because I didn't have any other control in my life. So I know mm. that's a really deeper <laughs> answer to that. Um, but it is, it's so important to take that, take everything into consideration. Yeah, definitely. I think just echoing on that, yeah, that spirituality, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's a sense of belonging, what spirituality yeah. means to you, you know what I mean? Like it could be, it could be religion for some, it could be um, just having that, you know, that one person, do you know what I mean? It could be, um different idolizing different things or it could just be believing in that there's something more out there so i think when we're talking about that definitely like it's just a sense of belonging isn't it knowing mm. that you're you're connected and you belong somewhere and you, you're here for a reason mm. yeah absolutely all right let's go into the last one and then we will um round off the chat as well so this one is i have to always be on a diet plan to drop weight you know Mm. going back to that 17 years that women are on average are on a diet right we don't want women to always be on one but we do create we call it a menu planning right so we do create a a seat belt 
like at the start, we say it's a seatbelt, but while we're teaching you um, mm. how to nourish your body, like what does that look like for you? How does, you know, we go into all of those things. So we do essentially have you on a plan at the start. But let's talk about what, um, you know, that myth there, I always have to be on a diet to lose weight. Uh, sorry, mm. I always have to be on a diet plan to lose weight. Yeah, see that, and that's that's a huge one. I think, look, a lot of people probably do have to do that if they don't get the right education. I think that's the biggest part of it is the education. I think that's where we differ from a lot of other um, you know, coaches that are out there that we actually offer that education um, and teaching them how to kind of make them informed decisions themselves. I think dieting, counting calories is something that should be, um, you know, for two to three months maybe um, until you get familiar with how much food you can eat. Um, until you get familiar with how your body responds, until you understand portion sizes, um, maybe until you've dropped that certain amount of kilos that you wanted to. Um, and then from there, what you want to do is you want to use the knowledge that you've learned, so use past experience and then intuitive eating, okay? So it's like, all right, this is roughly how my meals looked. Now I kind of know how to do this, how much to eat when I want to lose weight. And now I know if I want to lose more weight, I've just got to take a little bit of something off that plate each meal. Um, so you, you go more into that intuitive eating. So you're not going to be on a diet forever. And that's the biggest thing we like to say to you is like, yeah, it's going to be hard. And making changes is hard. Like the first bit, you know, it's going to be pretty structured and that's that's all part of it. But it's all to kind of get you to that point. So when you're done, you actually know how to make them um, informed decisions yourself and how to go and, you know, feed your, your kids, your family um, and all that sort of stuff without having to worry about following a different a, a meal plan you know, for each time. It's about giving you that knowledge so you can create your own kind of eating nutrition plan, however you want to call it. Um, yeah, and so you have them skills and that knowledge moving into the future. Mm, that, yeah, that's right. And also the way um, to achieve intuitive eating is to also clear up all your system, like you clear up your system because intu intuition is a gut, like a mind-gut connection. And if your gut is out and you, you're coming to us straight away and we're like, you know, go into intuitive eating, it's very overwhelming and no one would know where to start. So we're creating those structures and the processes in place. So it's a long, it's the 16 weeks as well. So it's a long, it's a long period of time to be able to reform and restructure those new habits, but also also learn about yourself as well and you're not going to be connected in straight away to your intuition and you're not going to be able to make decisions straight away um it's like again that seatbelt the seatbelt is on it takes away that stress it takes away all those decisions it allows you to create and and get to your goals as well and to when you're in that you know when you've reached those results it's then like let's ease off the plan because and you also know how to how to then eat and how to then tap into mm. intuition and and you know have questions uh you know answer those questions every single day that we make around food which we make so many mm. and i guess um to tie things off with that like i think again why we're a bit different is because we have an element in our program alongside our course where it's you're actually building out your own meal plan i, I give you all the knowledge and then you build out that meal plan um, and then once you've built out your own meal plan then we jump on a live call and we, we help you build that out together so now you understand how to put all the knowledge into the application and, and create that plan yourself. Um, so then, you know, when it comes to making your own food choices, it's, it's a lot easier because now you can see the why behind everything, why we're having these prebiotics, why we're having these probiotics, when we need to eat this sort of stuff, how do our meals kind of look, what's the portion look like, um, how do we get our protein intake in, how do we count our calories, like it's all in there. So, um, yeah, you never have to question anything when it comes to nutrition again is really what our whole thing is, isn't it? <laughs> 
Mm. And by then you would have healed like a lot of terrible patterns yeah. you would have done in the past. Like so many women are like, all right, I get five weeks in into these things and then I'm out, I'm out. or if that, like it's probably less, where we, that's where we dive in and they might go through those lulls, but we're there to lift them back up again and to be like, all right, this is what's happened in the past. We're going to, you know, move through it. And then that's when the beautiful like moments of transformation happen when they get over those hurdles they've never been able to get past before because they always mm. crash and burn in the exact same spot. So you would have learned like your patterns, again, going in alignment with your values who you are as a person you know who you wish to be in this world and you know we really help with that as well it's like the most holistic wholesome freaking program out there because it's it provides you with all of this information and i think do you remember we had um one woman billy say that she was about to look into a nutrition course and then yeah. you ended up saying well, we actually teach you that it's like a course plus a coaching program plus like a personal mm. development course all in one and yeah. it's like for a fraction of the of the investment um and then she was like oh my god i'm in so yeah, you that, know that was a selling point wasn't it yeah yeah that's right that's because it. she was like oh my god do i have to go and study this thing because i'm so sick of fat diets like i'm so sick of them like everyone else telling me what to do so yeah mm. we we get the work done and we're we're there side by side with them all so it's amazing in the trenches doing the work with you <laughs> yeah we really are so that really rounds off i guess that's full circle as well going back to the very first one is that's not mm. what you're going to get with a celebrity um you know a celebrity plan i think people expect that too you know they want big results for a small investment so mm. you know you're not going to get those um you know from a celebrity diet plan that's the mass produced that can have these tiny little investments on them so you know mm. we we offer um something very very unique so let's talk about the community aspect before we finish this conversation how important is community and what have we created already inside metamorphosis method yeah i think look community in anything is is king isn't it like or queen should i say <laughs> <laughs> very good but, but um yeah like you know the people that you surround yourself with like I think that's that old saying, you know, you hang around with five drug addicts, you'll become the six. You hang around mm. with five people that are winning, you'll become the six. Like community is huge, getting around, supporting each other um, and just feeling like that sense of belonging, which is now tapping into your emotional needs and your social needs. You know, if you're feeling that sense of connection and sense of belonging inside a community um, where you can be completely vulnerable and speak about what, what challenges you're going through and have other girls, you know, jump in therapeutically and give you advice. Um, and give you some tips that they've kind of gone through. I think that's a big, big part of it. Um, and the more that you kind of entrench yourself into that community, the more you're going to get out of it. And that's what I think we've noticed with our girls, the girls who are kind of doing everything, you know, doing everything that we, we talk about in our pillars, um, you know, showing up to every live call, um, finishing off their their, doc, their pillar documents that we put out there, their workbooks, um, you know, really tapping into that meditation, everything. They're the ones that are getting them really, really good results because, yeah, that community is kind of helping piece everything together. And we're seeing really big wins in the community. And it's good sharing that too. Then people kind of get motivated. It's like, wow, she's down five kilos. Crap, I need to get my ass into gear. I think that's yeah, another, that's another right. aspect, isn't it? Like that motivation, I guess, behind it, even though I think we both know that motivation comes and goes and it's not the I think that we really need to be putting all our time and effort in. It's them discipline mm. and habits. But, but yeah, sometimes you need that little burst as well. And like you yeah. said, that inspiration, not comparison, inspiration from another yeah. woman might be that little burst that you need. I think bursts of inf um, bursts of information, bursts of motivation are good. It's just when you're um, relying on that because that's all yeah. they are, are bursts. 
So we yeah. would just see them as a burst. And um, yeah, I think that's really important. Like-minded women. We did say that. And I think it's a very generic or buzzword term these days, like-minded mm. women. But it actually genuinely is. Like I think mm. that all the time. I'm like, these women are just like vibing and, you know, it's just, it is amazing. But going back just in community in general, um, yeah, it's it can, be feel, it can feel really lonely to want to make change in your life if you're yeah. so used to being around your friends and family that are not supportive of that. They mm. only know you as that person. So when you go to change, they're like, oh, I like the old you better. What's going on? Mm. And it's not like it's not it's not an old me it's the me that i've always wanted to be but it's just that you know you're just seeing another side of me going into a community it's so important of you know surrounding yourself with you know other people that think and feel the same as you and they also want to uplift you and and to see you reach your goals and mm. that's so important because like you said if you're in that you know non-supportive environment which is another you know pillar of your health um it will delay or you know upset or you know throw you off course in your goals and and to try and reach um, achieve your results yeah definitely can definitely um agree with that i think mm. you know sometimes um people even though we, we would like them to some people don't always want our best like you know some people don't want to see us do our best so people will sometimes try to bring you down when they see you doing something that they want to do but they haven't had enough courage or commitment to do that yet um and i think that's where it's really important that you know when you're going through this like there will be kind of challenges and Growth is uncomfortable. Like when we're growing as people, it's going to be uncomfortable. But when you're with that community, you're all kind of uncomfortable and you're all sharing your uncomfortability together. Um, but if you don't have a mindset of um, growth, if you don't have a growth mindset and okay um, to challenge yourself, then I think anything in life isn't really meaningful at all. You know, whether it's your fitness journey, your career, um, yeah, family, anything. If, if you don't have that kind of growth mindset that, you know, there might be things that are going to be hard, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um you, you will most likely fail. <laughs> yeah. That's me being blunt. <laughs> mm, blunt but true. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> before we jump off, if anyone's like kind of interested today, like listening in and being like, wow, like I want to learn more, um, let's talk about the process and let's talk about talking about that like-minded, you know, community of women. We also don't just accept any everyone in right so it has to be you know let's talk about the woman if if someone's listening right now let's talk about the type of woman that we love to see step in right do you yeah. want to go first yeah so really i guess it's that you know that that girl that woman that hasn't that has tried a few things in the past that hasn't really resonated with any of it um that's kind of been on a yo-yo roller coaster with their training with their diet um you know that that's failed in the past that might that might have just had a baby you know that they might be trying to get their body back they might be trying to get their body back their mind back um somebody who might have gone through a breakup a uh, breakup somebody who's going through a challenging time in their life um you know somebody who wants to level up there's so many different women that can fit that category somebody who values um becoming a better person i guess is the end of the thing somebody who is okay with um that holistic approach you know not just put you on a uh, a weight plan, follow that plan, and now we'll catch you later. Somebody who's okay with accountability, somebody who wants and craves and needs that accountability to make them changes in their life, um, and somebody who, I guess, is is willing to commit to not just us but yourself, you know. Put yourself first and say enough's enough. I'm ready to pull the pin and I'm ready to pull the trigger and I'm ready to take action um, and I want that support. 
Mm. I think it's that hunger. It's the hunger for more and to just to, you know, step into that best, you know, we always say the best version of you. Um, and that looks like everything that we've spoken about today, like, you know, un uncovering all of those layers and then just bringing this, you know, beautiful you forward. Um, the reason we call this metamorphosis method is it runs alongside the process of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. You know, even our coursework in the background runs alongside that, you know, doesn't it? Like mm. caterpillar, the, our pillars are called caterpillar, cocoon and butterfly. And at the end, and it is, and you're going to laugh, Billy, because I always make the same movement. And right now you're listening and you can only hear audio, audio, but I'm putting my hands back like beautiful butterfly wings because at the end that's our goal is you go out feeling so beautiful um, and, you know, from the inside out and then spreading your wings and having all this knowledge and you know who you are and you know how to nurture yourself and your body and, you know, your health and you feel amazing always. It's not just that, mm. you know, that plan. I think that's the woman we would love to have in our community as well. The woman that's just ready for more and just yeah. sick of this, you know, the critical thoughts, the critical, you know, the negative positive, uh, the negative um, body image, you know, all of those things, you know, let's scrap that. Let's get you mm. off the diets once and for all. Let's get you feeling beautiful. One woman actually explained it really well when we asked her this question a little while ago and she said, I want harmony. Remember she used that word? Mm. She's like, I want harmony and I want to feel like yeah. happy. I was like, that's such a beautiful goal. There's harmony yeah. within yourself and that can look and feel so many different ways. But yeah. And don't get, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, your results are going to be amazing as well. Like I know we talk about this, you know, holistic approach as well, but you know, you, you will be comfortable going and taking, you know, wearing your bikini down to the beach. Like, that's, I guess, you know, it's superficial, but sometimes that's that superficial leads into our confidence. You know, we, we want to feel um, confident, the person looking back in the mirror with or without clothes on. So I think that's a big thing too. Like, um, yeah, we definitely get the results when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, the the internal work and the kind of holistic approach is what differs us, I guess, from most programs out on the market right now. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting the body. I think that's mm. part of it because it, it creates confidence as well. As long yeah. as, you know, when you look good, you feel good. But it's it's as long as you are not attaching your happiness just to that. You know, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's icing on the cake. It's the compliment. It feels like who doesn't want to look in the mirror and just feel so amazing, like to see themselves, you know, um, staring back at themselves. Like we all want that. We we are visual pet like just like women. I always say we still want the beautiful skincare, but the beautiful skincare is not going to make us happy. It's a compliment. It's an icing on the cake. So, you know, all of the things, um, yeah, we we still want the nice body. We still want the confident body. Yeah, I think I actually heard that on the podcast too. Uh, I can't remember when or audio book or something. Um, it was your highest level um, level of self-confidence is being able to look at yourself without clothes on in the mirror and feeling genuinely happy. Do you know what I mean? If you've got that level of confidence that no matter what, you look at yourself bare butt naked and you are completely confident and happy with who you are, that just radiates to you know everywhere. So, Do you have yeah. that? Yeah, I think I do now. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I walk sure, around naked sure. all the time. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I definitely have that. Um, but it's also been okay if you fluctuate as well. Like, and it's still been mm. like, I still love who I am. Like, I still love, like, yes, I'm carrying an extra few kilos right now, but that's because I just went on a holiday and I enjoyed myself and mm. not being like, oh my God, I went on a holiday and now I'm, you know, I'm that's this. It's just, Mm. Yeah, it's just been still kind to yourself and like, you know what, I've been through a really hard patch. Like, you know, I'm, I'm probably carrying a couple of extra kilos, but that's okay because I know that I've got the knowledge to to shed it as well. So, 100%. Yeah, so good. I think that rounds off our conversation. Do you want to add anything else, Billy? No, I think that's we've 
we've covered a lot. Um, obviously, we can talk and talk for hours, but um, I know. Yeah, I think, no, I think that covers covers a fair bit. Um, gives a little bit of knowledge, gives a little bit of practical tips, explains our program a little bit. Um, it was good to kind of jump on here, and you know, hopefully, the audience got to know me a little bit more. Um, I didn't touch on completely about my, you know, the my past is obviously a lot more than just kind of that what what I kind of described, but that that'll take a whole another two podcasts to go through. Um, the Maybe we'll get you on through. again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I good. mean, yeah. I think we understand that. You know, you've been through, you've had a past, just like a lot of yeah. us. So, um, yeah. No, I think that was really good. We, like I said, we can get you back on. We can get you into some more topics, which will be good. And I'll pop all the information and links um, to jump into a call, which is probably the best thing to do, right, Billy? Um, yeah to jump into a call with us because that's when we sit in um, and get to know you and get to know everything about you and and how we can help and support you because, you know, it is so customised and unique. So I'll put the link to um, that page in the show notes below, but also just reach out to us um, via socials. Um, you guys know where to reach me and we can keep the conversation going there. Yeah. Also, if um, I don't know if you want to attach my Instagram handle too, Haley, in case any of your viewers have any questions, um, I'm happy to answer them as well. Yeah, 100%. We'll do that yeah. as well. Cool. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Billy. And thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.